Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Laker fans, thank you very much for tuning in. Another edition of Lakers Talk. Uh, looking forward to tonight's show. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight. Brian Windhorse who has had some great articles around the Lakers the last couple of days. Looking forward to having him on in about a half hour or so. Um, and then we just got a lot of topics and, you know, a little bit of a surprise, Laker fans. We got some positive talk- topics to talk about after the Lakers go 2-3 uh, and three, um, or go 2-1 and one in their final three games of that four-game road trip. They end up 2-2 two and two, uh, in total. So we'll talk about the Lakers' road trip. Are the Lakers turning things around? Or are we – are we getting a little bit more confident in what they're doing? So we'll spend some time on that. Has Russ potentially found something? Um, we'll look at what he's done over the last three games. LeBron's run, I mean, since the last time that I did Lakers talk, I did it last week. There's so many different things that he's done over the course of the last week. I want to highlight some of that. Um, and then where the Lakers will finish off the season, we'll give uh, our predictions here. I know the 6-10 through 10 spot is shifting it seems like almost every night, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Let, let's start off with this. Let's keep things very simple right now. The Lakers' road trip. If you'd have told me after they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, that was last Wednesday, so almost a week ago. Not only did they lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves, how they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was one of those beatdowns that the Lakers have had, unfortunately, way too often this season. And that one was a little bit more unique because you had guys like Carl Anthony Towns running their mouth, Patrick Beverly running their mouth. Um, you know, a few different times you felt for Russell Westbrook because he had some bad misses. And it was just another one of those games this year that you look and it's like, man, this this uh, this season's not going to find a way to turn, a, turn around and you might be better off just ending the season before uh, sooner than later just because of the way the Lakers are playing. They're not giving you any confidence in what they've been doing. So that's basically what you had after the first road game that the Lakers had as part of this four-game road trip. We know how tough the schedule is. We knew seven of the last Lakers' eight games in the month of March was going to be out on the road. And then a couple things happen. You know, they go to Toronto, and we got ourselves a ball game going into the fourth quarter. And then even though the Toronto Raptors found a way to take a three-point lead with under 10 seconds left to go, the Lakers and Russell Westbrook find a way to steal an inbounds play. Russ takes it the length of the court and shoots an incredibly tough shot over Scotty Barnes, and the Lakers take the game to overtime, and they beat the Toronto Raptors. You're like, where did that just come from? Especially after that loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then things kind of went right back to normal. You go play the Washington Wizards, and you felt like the Lakers had control of that game. And then a couple minutes left, Porzingis goes off. I don't think the Lakers make the proper adjustments. I don't understand what they were doing from a size perspective. And the Wizards outscore the Lakers by 14 in the fourth quarter, and Lakers lose that game. And it's like, okay, well, things are back to normal, as in that's been the normal for the Lakers so far this year. You're 10 games, 11 games below 500. Now you fall out of the number nine spot for the first time this year. You're at number 10. And then last night happens or yesterday afternoon, it was early tip-off. Tip-off was at 4. The Lakers go to Cleveland. And Laker fans, I'm not trying to make an argument that the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers are the class of the Eastern Conference. We know they're not. 
That's a six seed, seventh seed, somewhere around there is where those two teams are. Are they going to win a round in the playoffs? No. Are they young teams? Yes. Um, but the reason why I mention all that and the reason why I set it up that way, I didn't think they were walking into Cleveland yesterday and going to get a win. I didn't think the Lakers were going to come back out of this road trip after losing the first game to the Minnesota Timberwolves the way they did and take two of the next three. Lakers had lost, if you guys remember, before the win they got in Toronto. They had lost 11 games on the road in a row. Uh, It was one of the worst losing streaks the Lakers have had in franchise history on the road. So to come out of the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday and pretty much after you went down 14, kind of control the game from there. I know it was close, but really in the fourth quarter, the second and the fourth quarter, Lakers put their foot down, and they beat a Cavs team that has had some success in the Eastern Conference this year. I am personally, personally surprised that I'm sitting here tonight doing Lakers talk, and I'm having a conversation about the Lakers going 2-2 two and two on that road trip. So I think that kind of threw a lot of us off, a little bit of a curveball for Laker fans there. Um, but I thought they played some pretty good basketball. Since they were embarrassed by the Timberwolves, I thought they played some pretty good basketball. And a lot of a lot of guys contributing. Who are some of these guys? Um, let, let me kind of describe what I'm referring to here. There's a moment in the game yesterday. If I'd have told you before the season started that the Lakers have a game where LeBron James is playing and he's on the floor with Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson and DJ Augustine and Wenyan Gabriel, like, Alan, what the hell are you talking about? Of course, LeBron's not going to be on the floor with these players. But that's kind of the, the I, I think, the theme for the Lakers these last few games. They're going younger. They're not using the Trevor Arizos. Carmelo was out for a couple of games. They're not using the Wayne Ellingtons. He was out for a couple of games as well. Uh, Kent Bazemore. All those older players that the Lakers have, Dwight's kind of used sparingly, and a lot of times I disagree with that. I think there are times they should be using Dwight Howard a little bit more. But the Lakers had a game yesterday and these last couple of games where you got a lot of young guys who got the energy, can run up and down, are going to hustle on defense. Oh, and let me just lob LeBron James into the mix there too and see if LeBron can kind of figure figure things out as the Lakers go. And I think they caught a couple teams off by surprise. Now, you know, if, if I throw out the question, are the Lakers churning things around? It'd be ridiculous for me to think that those three games are enough to say that, hey, watch out for the Los Angeles Lakers. But I also got to give them some credit. I mean, give them credit for a season where nothing has gone as planned. You're in ninth or 10th place in the NBA standings in the last couple of weeks. I think we got 10 games left, something like that on the season. Um, And it's a season where you're, every time you're trying to get some kind of hope, the Lakers remind you, no, 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 no. We're just not that good of a team, and we're not a consistent team. And I think these two of these you know, last three games, they, they had an opportunity to beat the Wizards. They obviously blew that one. The game against Toronto, you could say they got a little bit lucky, but to be honest with you, they've been, on many, uh, they, they've been in many predicaments where they're on the other side of that, so I'm going to go ahead and take that luck. But I think with that kind of – with that unfolding and asking the question – do you think the Lakers are trying to churn it or are, are are beginning to churn things around? Not enough games to determine that from my perspective. Um, they'd have to show a lot more over the course of the final 10 games, but it was exciting to see. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Let me just kind of be blunt on this. It was exciting to see the Lakers play what I thought was pretty good basketball, and it was exciting to see some players out there that you wouldn't think 
would have an impact on this Lakers team over these last few games, whether it's Wenyan Gabriel or Stanley Johnson or DJ Augustine or Austin Reeves or Malik Monk. Monk a little bit more expected now because he's had a good season. But um, I think you – I'm very curious what the Lakers do the rest of the month. Let's just put it that way. I'm very curious that if there is something here or this was just kind of uh, – uh, this was the outlier – and this is not who the Lakers are. Who they are is what they've shown you through the first 70 games or 72 games or whatever the case is. Um, but at, that's part of the curiosity. They got Philly tomorrow, which, of course, Joel Embiid, James Harden, one of the uh, better teams in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA. And then after that, you go back on the road three games in a row. The Pelicans on the road. Then you got the Dallas Mavericks on the road, the Utah Jazz on the road. What do all three of those teams, including the one tomorrow that the Lakers have against the Philadelphia 76ers, what do they all have in common? Every single one of those teams is fighting for something. Every single one of those teams is in the middle of you know, fighting for seeding or in the Pelicans' case, trying to get the number nine spot over the Lakers so they can have home court for that one and done. Uh, it's not really one and done because you got to win two in a row, but you know what I'm referring to, win one to move on. So they're going to have some challenges in front of them. They're going to be playing some good teams. But you know what? That's no different than the game against Toronto and Cleveland. Both of those games were against teams that had something to play for. They're fighting for seeding. It's interesting because Toronto and Cleveland in the Eastern Conference, they're both in a similar position where they're 6-7. and seven. They're trying to avoid the playing tournament. That's the idea and the concept. So they were playing for something, and I, I just thought that, you know, that, that one kind of threw me for a loop here that the Lakers had – these uh, two of those three games against those teams, Lakers find a way to win it on the road. Give them some credit. I know uh, we've spent a lot of time bashing the Lakers all season. I'm going to give them some credit for those last couple of games. Um, has Russell Westbrook found something? Has Russ found something? I'm going to read off. StatMuse has this uh, has this uh, tweet out there on what Russ has done over his last three games. 21 points a game, eight rebounds. 9.7 assists, 53% from the field is his shooting percentage, and he's 8 of 16 from the three-point line. So that's Russ in his last three games. Now, Laker fans, we've had plenty of times to talk about Russell Westbrook this season, be critical about Russell Westbrook, ask the question if Russell Westbrook um, is – uh, not only has the fit not been there, is this guy, how much does he care? Um, how much is he invested into turning this thing around? We've had plenty of conversations where that's been the narrative around Russell Westbrook this year. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 9.7 assists, and he's been efficient. The 53% from the field and 8 of 16 from the three-point line. I don't know if he's found something. But I also don't think that it's a coincidence that the Lakers were in the last three games and Russ played some good basketball. I don't think it's a coincidence that um, that when Russ plays well and LeBron is having the type of season that he is, then the Lakers can be in some games against some teams that maybe they weren't uh, they weren't in those games earlier in the season. I'm talking about earlier as in the last couple of weeks. You don't have to go that far back. Just look at how the Lakers have been playing since the All-Star break. There have been plenty of times this year that I've questioned while Russ is in. Is this dude a liability right now? Um, look at teams the way they're backing off of him when he's when he's shooting a jumper or he's just shooting a three. It's a good game plan, right? You know what? Hit some shots before we got to go up there and guard you. Uh, a lot of times, too, Russ is trying to get to the basket 
and it looks like he's trying to draw a foul rather than, Russ, just go up there and try to make a layup. Just don't worry about the foul. Don't worry about the referees. Just go play basketball. Um, we, we've seen that from Russell Westbrook a lot this year. These last couple of games, he has seemed more of a uh, an asset than a liability. And I have not been able to say that for most of the season. There are times where I'm watching the game, listening on the broadcast, like, just bench him. Don't play him for the final five minutes if he's having this bad of a game or he's 2 of 10 from the field and he's got five turnovers. Sit him. You're hurting the team by having him in the game than not having him in the game. Um, Of course, these last three games, that's not a large enough sample size, and it's almost the same thing with this Lakers team. As we ask the question, hey, are the Lakers turning things around? Hey, has Russ found something? I think this falls, those are very similar categories. Three games is not enough to really determine whether this is good basketball or it's not. Three games is not enough to say, hey, are the Lakers churning the corner? Are they building some confidence? Are they churning it into another gear now? Did they find something? Three games is not enough for the Lakers, and three good games from Russell Westbrook in a row is also not enough. Uh, Lake fans, we got 10 games left for the entire season. If within those 10 games you start seeing the Lakers consistently on a night-in, night-out basis uh, going toe-to-toe with the Sixers or the Jazz or the Dallas Mavericks or some other games they got in April. They still got a game against Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, another game at Denver. So uh, until we see it on a consistent basis, we should enjoy it because it's so different from the norm this season. But I also don't want to get sold on it as if, hey, watch out for the Lakers. I, I think that would be... Uh, I think that'd be going too far, and I'm also not going to do it on the Russell Westbrook piece. He had um, one of his quotes in the postgame show was just talking about how one of the things he likes and he enjoys, um, he enjoys when you can quiet some of the critics down. And I don't know if he's referring to these last couple of games, but uh, Travis and I were talking about this morning, that's not going to quiet the critics down. What's going to quiet the critics down is every single night that the Lakers play, they're playing good basketball for the most part. And Russell Westbrook is a, bis- a big piece of why they're playing good basketball. A couple outliers here and there I don't think is going to quiet the critics down. So uh, something to keep an eye on for uh, the rest of the season and certainly over these next couple of weeks as we uh, wrap up the uh, regular season. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Quick shout-out here real quick. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out. In about 15 minutes, visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Of course, we appreciate their partnership on the show. Okay, let's do a couple things when we come back. LeBron's run that he's on right now. How do Laker Laker fans feel what LeBron is doing individually? Um, because we know what the team is doing, and we know that this team obviously is still fighting to just be in a position where they have a home game in the uh, 
um, in the playing tournament. So we're going to spend a little time on that with LBJ. Plus, where will the Lakers finish this season? Could the Spurs actually catch the Lakers? We'll take a quick look at the standings, see what's going on around the NBA. And then Brian Windhorst is going to come join us in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, Stay right here. Thank you for being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Uh, As I mentioned, Brian Windhorst is going to join the show here in uh, about 10 minutes or so. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stick around for Brian Windhorst. Um, Lakers got the Philadelphia 76ers coming into Crypto.com Arena uh, tomorrow. Pre-game show will start at 5.30. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. So I'm actually really excited to watch that game, get a chance to uh, listen to John and Michael. And um, there's a curiosity of this Philadelphia 76ers team. Are they real deal? How does Harden and uh, Joel and Embiid mesh and everything else that comes with that? I'm going to take a quick look here. I'm just curious. So Philly, second-best record in the Eastern Conference. They're currently tied with the – with the Milwaukee Bucks. There might be some games going on right now, but just looking at the standings. So LeBron's run over, it seems like, at least to me, every time we have a game, he's doing something. Something's happening with LeBron James. Whether it's he's breaking another record or this player is doing something at this age, it seems like every single game, and obviously being around these games so closely, doing the post-game show – I'm always seeing some kind of stats that are coming up uh, about Braun. So here's the latest with LeBron James since the last time um, we got an opportunity to do Lakers talk. So Braun right now is leading the league in scoring. He's averaging 30 points per game. The previous record for oldest player to average 30 in a season is 33 years old. That was Steph and uh, uh, Steph Curry and Michael Jordan. So LeBron is four years older than them, and he's doing what he's doing at this age. Um, this is a, I'm grabbing this off of Stat Muse. This is not ideal for the Lakers, and let me explain to you what I mean. Ideally, you don't want LeBron James averaging 30 points and competing for a scoring title. You don't. In my opinion, if you'd have told me before the season started, this is where LeBron is right now. This is what he's doing. He's killing it on offense. He's efficient. He's averaging 30 a game. And the Lakers are putting a lot of minutes and a lot on his shoulders on a night-in-night-out basis. If you told me Anthony Davis was averaging 30 a game and he was leading the league in scoring and a lot more of the burden is on his shoulders, I'd sign up for that, obviously, uh, seven days a week. That, that to me, would have told me, well, I'm not worried about Braun. Braun's probably getting his 25, his 7, and 7. But you're telling me AD's having that type of a season? That's a dangerous Lakers team. So the question then comes up, okay, well, Braun is averaging 30. You know, I've, I've had some people in post-game shows or they hit me up on Twitter or whatever the case is and say, hey, you know what, LeBron is stat chasing right now. He's trying to pad his stats. Don't get me wrong. I do think LeBron wants that scoring title. I do think that there's something about – some dude at age 37 years old outscoring Giannis and Embiid and Jokic and KD and Luka at 37 doing what he's doing is pretty ridiculous. But this is obviously not ideal for the Lakers. It's not ideal, but but LeBron James has no other choice. If the Lakers are going to win some of these games and they're going to stay into this in this potential playing tournament, it's not like LeBron is chasing those stats and it's hurting the Lakers in, in picking up a W here and there. No, he has to do it because 
there's nobody else. I just went through the roster, the Lakers roster, um, a couple of minutes ago in that last segment talking about, look who's on the team with them. There was a moment yesterday. Tell me how this is possible that the Lakers are in a game where it's um, it's Wenyan Gabriel and it's Stanley Johnson and it's Austin Reeves and it's – I think about DJ Augustine. These are the guys Bron is playing with. Who do you want him to pass the ball to? And I know it's a team game, and I'm not concerned about Bron being a facilitator. He's been a facilitator his entire life. He's top seven all-time record in assists. The guy enjoys passing the ball. I actually think of him more as a facilitator than I do a scorer, um, and that's just you know that's ridiculous in itself. And I'll talk about him passing Carl Malone in just a second. So it's obviously not ideal that Bron is in the in the chase for the scoring title, but I don't think the Lakers have any choice. I don't think Bron has any choice. And if Anthony Davis was playing all season and the issue wasn't AD was it, you know, is in the game, then he's not going to average 30. I'd rather have AD average 30 than Braun average 30, but this is the predicament that the Lakers are in. So when I say that every single day it seems like Braun's doing something a little bit different, I'm going to tell you what I'm referring to. So there's the one about the scoring leaders. Oh, by the way, on Saturday, he passed Carl Malone on the all-time scoring list. So now he's number two all time. I I said this to Michael a couple different times. I truly, truly do not consider LeBron James. When you say, hey, when you think of LeBron, what do you think of? I don't know where scoring is on my list, but it's it's not the first thing. It's not the second thing I think of when I think of LeBron. And he is the number two all time scorer in the history of the NBA. Um, Mike Trudell had a good piece. Put this, uh, I think it was on Twitter, but I think he also throws a lot of this stuff on Lakers.com. Trudell had a good piece talking about how the if he averages 30 points the rest of this season and then 30 points a game next year, he's going to pass the record in 37 games or 35 games, something like that. If he averages... 30 the rest of the way this year, and then 25 next season. Then he'll pass it in 45 games or something along those lines. What he's basically referring to, barring any injury as I knock on wood, Braun is going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at some point next year. Maybe it's halfway through the season, something along those lines. All right, so that's something that he accomplished since the last time we did our show. Um, 30 points per game, oldest by four years. The 10,000 points, 10,000-plus uh, in rebounds, assists, and, uh, and, uh, and points, that's another accomplishment that no other player has done in NBA history. Um, go down the list, 50-point games. Nobody's had two 50-point games past the age of 35. He did that over a stretch here since the All-Star break. He seems to be doing this every single night. He's finding a way to... Um, rewrite the history books. And I, I kind of find myself in this where it happens so often that it, it stops being unique to me. It stops being where um, I mean, I'm trying to find the proper way to put it. I appreciate it. I respect it. I know what he's doing, but I can't really comprehend it the right way. I can't really truly sit back and say, Wow, I'm really appreciating every moment watching Braun. And I think there's a, another reason why. The other reason why is they're not winning, right? And, and, and from a Laker fan perspective, and people could say, oh, Laker fans are so spoiled. And 
you know what, Laker fans, you just got to appreciate what this is. No, no, no. It's the reality. The reality is as much as you want to appreciate what Braun is doing on a night-in, night-out basis, the records that he's breaking on a night-in, night-out basis, Lakers are 31-41. and 41. And the expectations we had coming into the season were as high as they've ever been at any year that I've, I've been a fan of the Lakers. And, you know, I go back to, you could say, the early 90s when it's Magic going to the finals against Jordan and it's Vlade Divac and it's Eldon Campbell, it, the Sam Perkins days. Those days is where I go back. We know how much hype there was there was coming into this year. So as much as what Braun is doing, what do Laker fans want to see most? I want to see the team win. You want to appreciate what he's doing, but the team has been so bad that it's difficult to appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I am appreciating. I'm trying. I definitely am. I know he's one of the greatest to ever play the game. But if the team was sitting here in third place in the Western Conference and you're 15 games over 500, and the question is, okay, you're going to have home court in that second round or not, and each one of these games were just amplified more and more, that's a different conversation. But we have not had that conversation this year because we haven't had the opportunity to have that conversation. And this season is a perfect example of what somebody could be doing individually, how great somebody could be individually, and you just don't appreciate it all simply because of uh, the way the team has, you know, obviously been losing on a consistent basis. I, I, I know that it's not ideal to have Braun dropping 30 a game. It's not ideal. What would be ideal is Anthony Davis is healthy. He's ready to go. He's dropping you the 30 and 12 every night and, and a couple of block shots. And Braun is the 25-7-7, and seven, and Russ is doing what he's doing. That's a more dangerous team. Braun is not doing this out of uh, out of luxury. He's doing this out of necessity. That's the best way that I could put it. It's not, you know, this isn't anybody's fault, but Braun is having the type of season that he is. I guarantee you Braun was not walking into this year thinking to himself, I want to go win the scoring title. Now, as the season has progressed and he actually has a legitimate chance of doing it, and when Braun drops 35 or 38 or 45 or 50, that gives the Lakers a greater likelihood to win. Now it's probably, well, I'm going to go get those 45 or 50. I hope I get the scoring title, and I hope our team finds a way to win in the process. So that's uh, that's kind of the way that I, I look at what LeBron's doing and the run that he's been on. Um, okay, let, let's do this because we got Brian Windhorst coming up here in just a couple of minutes. So Windhorst has had some great articles around the Lakers here the last couple of days and a lot of them pointing specifically at LeBron James. I want to get his thoughts on what LBJ is doing. I want to get his prediction of the Lakers. When Anthony Davis comes back, does he think that they can turn this thing around? And when I say turn this thing around, can they be a team that nobody wants to reckon with? Can they be a really, really tough outcome the postseason if they get through the playing tournament? So we'll do all that coming up next with Brian Windhorst. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
Dubbed. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. As I mentioned, Brian Windhorst, always excited to have him on the show, uh, covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to, uh, to join Lakers Talk. Brian, appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. How are you doing? I'm very good, Alan. Good to hear from you. Okay, so I, I want to go through this. Um, I, I got a lot of questions, but you, you had a great article on ESPN uh, just a couple days ago. LeBron James, now second on the NBA's all-time scoring list, is changing the scorecard when it comes to defining his legacy. I'm just curious. I know this is your opinion. For those who didn't get a chance to go read the article, and I highly recommend you do, what, what do you think are the the main goals for LeBron James individually the rest of the way? When, when we look at Braun and eventually his story is going to be written, what, what do you think are some of the top priorities? And I'm curious to get your thoughts here as, as he uh, is 37 years old in his 19th season. Honestly, I think the most important thing to him is to enjoy this phase of his career. And I know that that's um, – kind of a loaded statement. And I know he just said something up to the same effect uh, after the win in Cleveland. But, um, you know, part of his enjoyment is competing for things at the highest level. Um, but when he came to the Lakers, he didn't come there with the expectation of winning big. He was obviously going to try to win big. He was obviously going to do what he could to raise the Lakers up. But when he came to the Lakers, there was nothing really there for him to come to. It, 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 was a, it was a team that was built after he arrived. It wasn't like Miami when he came in and formed the team. It wasn't like Cleveland, which was a very fertile ground for him to go to. He came to L.A. because he wanted to live in Los Angeles and play for the Lakers. And really, there are individual moments or weeks or months where he may – he may be diverted elsewhere, and his mood may be a little bit different. He may be super happy with something one time. He may be super let down with something the other. But in general, he came to L.A. to have enjoyment for the last act of his career. And it has included a championship. He wants to include more, but even if it's not, he is now really just trying to get as many good days, months, years that he's got left. And as he's doing that, Alan, he's putting himself in a position where we're not just going to, well, you know what? You're not going to be able to ever convince certain people. There are certain NBA fans, and I respect their opinion. They're going to look only at the number of championships. And if you feel that way, there's probably literally nothing that can be said. You're going you're to hold up your hand and you're going to point to each finger 
and you're going to count the championships, and then you're going to shut the conversation down and say that's it. And if that's the way you feel, that's, you're certainly entitled to that opinion, and it's what makes the NBA a great conversation piece is that that's the way you feel. What LeBron is doing now is he is stacking his 19th tremendous season on top of each other. He is creating a case that nobody ever came with this type of greatness in longevity. Hmm. It's really not a debate. And that is what part of this phase of his Laker career is. Next year, he wants to be competing for a championship. The year after that, he wants to be competing for a championship. But even if he doesn't do that, he has a gratification of just being great for this long in a place where he loves living and loves raising his family. Brian Windhorst taking some time to join Lakers talk. Uh, And, Brian, it has been – I was just listing off, you know, every time when I do the show on a weekly basis, it's every week I come back and it's like, eh, Bron just passed Carmelo. Oh, Bron's the only player, 10,000 rebounds, assists, and points. Or Bron is number two, or I, I, he's on the, he's leading the league right now in scoring. No other player has done that at this age, uh, 30 plus or more, unless they were 33, four years uh, younger than LeBron. So every week I feel like something is happening. Bron related that he's adding to uh, the history book, certainly from an individual perspective. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts. We have got now, uh, now as we go into March, we're, we're obviously almost done with the month of March here. So about 10 more games left for the Lakers in the regular season. What, what, what do you, what do you expect? I mean, let's just say hypothetically, Anthony Davis comes back and, uh, and he looks okay. Can, can the Lakers do anything here? Do you, do you think they can make some noise? Or do you think, you know what, the product that we've seen over the last 72 games is the product that you should expect the rest of the way? Do you think the Lakers are part of not just the playing tournament but are one of those teams that could put up a fight and get out of the playing tournament and, and be, a, be a headache for one of the real playoff teams? So their reality is probably winning their way to get the eighth seed. In other words, finishing ninth or 10th, winning that game, and then um, winning the second play-in game to get the eighth seed, which would mean that they would face the Suns in the first round. That's their, I think, their realistic situation. Um, Suns are healthy. If Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton are healthy, I do not believe the Lakers can beat them four out of seven. But are they going to be healthy? don't know. I know that last year, the playoffs, an injury to the Lakers at the wrong time dramatically affected that series. So if you're the Lakers, and I honestly believe watching them play, that at least on this road trip, their mindset was still that that, that, that light at the end of the tunnel was there. Um, I, the, the energy that they came with on the fourth game of a trip on the second night of the back-to-back, I realized that what the game in Washington was a disappointment, and that was not a, a that was a game they should have won without question. But for them to bring the energy led by LeBron to win that game in Cleveland, which was a very important game, um, they still are keeping that hope alive that they can somehow get to, to guarantee themselves nine or ten. And by the way, number ten is not guaranteed. I mean, the win in Cleveland was a good step forward there. But the start of this week, Alan, they were only three games in the loss column ahead of San Antonio. Mm. San Antonio had the tiebreaker, and San Antonio has a much, much easier schedule. 
especially over this next seven to ten days. And for example, they play the Trailblazers three times in the next like mm. eight days. Mm. The Lakers are playing road games against playoff teams. The 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 Spurs have a bunch of games against the tanking uh, Blazers team. So their their goal is to get to nine or ten, get AD back. Ideally, there's two games left with the with the Pelicans. Those games, make sure that you can get nine so you have home court, and then maybe you're you know staying in LA. Maybe it's the Clippers, uh, depending on how things go, and then it would almost be like another home game uh, for the next round. I, you know, we can spend a lot of time here talking about how this season has gone poorly. We know that. That's happened. So now you play the game that's in front of you, and I think they're doing that. Frank Vogel is hitting on that. You get AD back, hopefully, uh, the end of this month, the beginning of next month, and you see what happens. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think their horizon has changed, but I don't get the sense that LeBron has given up, Frank Vogel has given up, and even Westbrook, he's still playing hard. You know, you mentioned the Russ piece right there. So Lakers, when they started that four-game road trip, the first one was against Minnesota, and that was a game where you had Carl Anthony Towns and Patrick Beverly, and there was uh, there was a lot of clowning around and clowning specifically Russell Westbrook. Since that game, he comes out last three games, he's playing good basketball. I, I mentioned it to the listeners a little earlier: twenty-one, eight, and nine, fifty-three percent from the field, eight of six from or eight of sixteen from the three-point line. Um, do you think that that's too small of a sample size to say, hey, you know what, maybe Russ has found something. Maybe Russ is uh, – I got nothing to lose here. What the hell do I got to lose? I've had this bad of a season. I might as well just go out there and be myself and whatever happens, happens. Or do you think that's too, uh, you think that's too small of a sample size on assessing Russ? You know, I had a friend of mine who lives in Cleveland who never watches the Lakers. He went to the game. Monday night, and he goes, how come everybody is ripping Russ so much? He played fine. <laughs> I said, bad luck for your Cavs because what, you know Russ played a passable game. Not only did he shoot the ball well, but he only had one turnover. Alan, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I would tell you that um, percentages throughout the whole season suggest that his shooting is not going to last. Um you look at the way teams are defending him. They they literally run away from him. Oh yeah. When he catches when he catches the ball, you know that's been that case. If this is the beginning of a hot shooting streak, uh, and and he's sort of going to maybe progress to the mean a little bit from where maybe he should be as a shooter, I'm sure the Lakers will be very happy. There's no way for me to tell whether that's going to happen, and that's a lot of how Russ is being judged now. He has turned down the turnovers. The turnovers have, have gone down as the season goes along. He's, he's sort of pulled himself back on that. But what has held him back so much is that he's, he's, it's almost like playing four-on-five offensively at times for the Lakers. Look how much more dynamic they were offensively when he is not a zero on offense. Hmm. So he's so wide open is because the percentages say he's a zero on offense. And so either you believe the percentages or you don't, but the Lakers are going to try to ride this as long as they can, as you can imagine. Brian, uh, final one for you, and, and appreciate you taking the time. I know you had a tight schedule today. I'm, I'm curious, you know, one question in the East, one question in the West. Is it a, for you, if the Golden State Warriors are healthy, I know there's a lot of question marks of if the Clippers are going to be healthy. Um, do you walk into the postseason three weeks, four weeks from now, 
is the Phoenix Suns the team to beat and it's an easy one for you, or do you think there's some other teams that can really make some noise in the West? And then in the Eastern Conference, do you have one team that you feel stands out over the others? Yeah, so the Suns, to me, are the most uh, consistent team from start to finish in the West this year. Um, assuming health. I mean, you can make this perfect argument about why the Suns are going to win, and then Chris Paul steps wrong or Devin Booker steps wrong, and it all comes down because that's how fragile it is. Um, the thing with the, with the Warriors, they can't get fully healthy. They've been fully healthy for about 15 minutes this year. Um, when they're fully healthy and clicking, they can beat anybody four out of seven. But they have not demonstrated that they can do that. So maybe they have that going. Maybe we have two healthy teams. I would say my team to watch would be Dallas um, because they've been the number two defensive team since uh, January 1st, which to me is vital. And adding Spencer Dinwiddie has given them a release valve for Luka. So in those playoff settings, where teams are going to try to trap him. They have another offensive firepower to go to. They are a team of danger. But I still see the Suns up there altogether as being so hard to beat four out of seven with home court. In the East, um, I there are two teams that I think uh, I would fear. One is the Celtics, who have been the best team in the NBA, maybe other than Phoenix, for the last three months. Number one on defense, like number six on offense. Um, their their issue is they've only got really seven players that they trust. And so any injury to them whatsoever is a real blow. But they are playing the best defense in the league, and they are beating good teams and beating good teams on the road consistently for three months. And then I look at the defending champs, because when everybody turns it up to a 10, I'm not sure there's anybody better right now I mean, I don't know if LeBron can get there consistently, maybe a night or two. I don't know if Durant, I don't think, can do it at both ends. I don't think at full-on power somebody can beat Giannis right now. So when he has that in the, in, the, in the arsenal, it's hard for me to look at him and say that he is going to be an easy out. But obviously injuries are going to be big there. I'd love to say to you, because I know that, the Brooklyn Nets still are like the betting favorite. If you could guarantee me that Kyrie Irving could play in all the games, hmm. I would entertain that. But until Kyrie Irving is, can play in all the games and Ben Simmons plays one second, how can I possibly believe in the Nets? So uh, that's the way I see it right now. Brian, fantastic stuff, buddy. Really appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully down the road we're talking about the Lakers and some type of a playoff series, and if we do, we'd love to have you back on. So thank you for joining the show. I think you will, and I look forward to it. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that, all right? All right, take care. All right, big thank you to Brian Windhorse. Always appreciate him joining the show. Uh, final thoughts when we come back. I want to take a quick look at the standings. There's some shifting going on, how that affects the Lakers. We'll do that coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, final thoughts here. By the way, Brian Windhorst, how great is he? Every time he comes on, I love uh, his takes, obviously, on the Lakers and the NBA. Uh, quick shout-out here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, proud partner of Lakers Talk. It takes about 15 minutes. Pull up, drive in, visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Appreciate their partnership on the show. So this is what we got here uh, coming up for the Lakers. Where they are in the standings, for a quick second there, Lakers dropped to number 10. Pelicans lost yesterday. Lakers won. So Lakers back up to number 9. The key for the Lakers, you know, obviously holding off the Pelicans, and you heard um, you heard Brian Windhorst talking about it. It's not a lock. It's not a guarantee. I made my prediction a while back that I thought Lakers will end up at number 10. I still think that. I still think the Pelicans, because of their schedule. Now, Lakers got two more games against the Pelicans. You find a way to beat the Pelicans in two great, two games, you probably hold on to that number nine spot, and you could play that first playing tournament game here at uh, in LA at Crypto.com. I don't think the Spurs catch the Lakers. I know they're three games back in the loss column, and um, I get the point that uh, that Brian was making that they got such an easy schedule as well. Lakers have the toughest schedule left in the NBA. Um, Spurs, I want to say around 20th. Pelicans around 25th, something along those lines. And three of the games that the Spurs have are against the Blazers. I think winning two of those last three that the Lakers did will tremendously help the Lakers in holding on to one of those top ten spots, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I think what's interesting, look at the shifting going on 6-10. to 10. So obviously the Lakers and the Pelicans are going back and forth. They've already shifted once. We'll see if they shift again. But really the race going on now, the number six spot is the Denver Nuggets. The number seven spot is the Minnesota Timberwolves. As of yesterday, Minnesota slipped into the number six spot. So I don't know who the Lakers, just hypothetically, um, who's going to be in that seven to ten bunch with the Lakers and what team is going to get the opportunity to avoid the playing tournament. But it's a it's a tight race, and the entire Western Conference is tight right now. Memphis has a one-game lead on the Warriors. Utah has a one-game lead on the Dallas Mavericks. That's for four and five. Denver, like I mentioned, them and Minnesota are fighting. So Everywhere you look in the standings, everyone's fighting for something in the West, and it's a similar story in the Eastern Conference. What does that make? That makes for an incredibly exciting postseason when it comes, and the only thing we care about here in L.A. is the Lakers part of that picture. So um, we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll, we'll see as the season progresses where the Lakers end up, where some of these other teams uh, end up as well. Uh, last thing, Lakers, Philadelphia 76ers. That game's coming up tomorrow, so don't forget, just to give everybody an idea here, pregame shows at 5.30 with myself and Michael. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. Joel Embiid, James Harden, should be an exciting game, and I'm sure Laker fans are looking forward to that game, and we'll see if the Lakers are really, truly building some momentum, or if they're not. You're going to find out based on these last four games in the month of March, starting with tomorrow. Uh, Laker fans, as always, greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Have a great rest of your night.